Hi, welcome to episode 90 of Talk About the Passion. My guest today is Joseph Grillo. Joseph has and is in a number of bands. Garrison, who put out some great stuff on Revelation back in the day, and then most recently Her Head's on Fire and Judas Knife. Last year, Judas Knife put out one of my favorite records of the year on uh, Translation Loss Records called Death is the Thing with Feathers, uh, which they recorded at God City with uh, Kurt Ballou. And that, that project's essentially uh, Joseph and Drew Thomas, uh, who drummed, uh, you know, with Youth of Today and Into Another and quite a few others, and he's, he's a pretty talented guy. Uh, between the two of them, they made this really cool record that's, you know, moody, kind of dark, melodic, 90s rock that's, you know, a perfect uh, driving late at night in the winter record. Um, his band, uh, Her Head's on Fire, put a new record out this year. That band's a little more straightforward, melodic, punk stuff that kind of reminds me of Sam I Am and bands like that. Uh, their new record's great. It's full of, you know, hooks and melodies and who can, you know, deny a band named after a line in a Dag Nasty song. If you happen to be listening to this episode, uh, the day it comes out, which is uh, should be October 18th, 2022, the band is doing a, a week, uh, I think it's like a week-long run of uh, shows down the East Coast and as far as the Northeast they're playing O'Brien's in Alston, Mass. on Friday the 21st and uh, AS220 in Providence on Saturday the 22nd. And I'm hoping to make the Alston show on Friday, and you should as well. Uh, they have more dates as well following those in uh, Brooklyn, Philly, uh, Virginia, Carolinas, down to Florida. Um, and, and they're active on Facebook and Instagram if you want more info on any of those shows. Uh, just search Her Heads on Fire, and uh, you should find them. Uh, this conversation was a lot of fun. Uh, Joseph's a great guy, and, uh, you know, it's the first time I had talked to him. And uh, we, t- we talked almost all of the, about most of all of the musical projects he's been in, but spent most time talking about, you know, the aforementioned bands, as, as well as uh, the band uh, Gay for Johnny Depp, which has some amazing, some amazing stuff out. You should, you should definitely hunt them down. If you're a fan of this podcast, I think you'll, you'll dig that music. Um, and I had, I had not even heard that band beyond the name, and, and I loved it uh, right away. Uh, we we talked quite a bit about that project as well. And, uh, yeah, r- rather than babble on more, let's uh, get to the episode. Uh, one more thing. You can follow me on social media or on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Just look for Talk About the Passion podcast and uh, follow me there. And, you know, you can find new episodes and old episodes. Uh, and I try to keep those as current as possible. And uh, if you like what you hear, follow the podcast on whatever your podcast listening uh, app is. And uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Here we go with episode 90. Thanks for listening. So yeah, I am here with Joseph Grillo. Thanks for doing this. Um, My pleasure. Yeah, uh, and you you just did a, a show, two shows or one show in Anaheim. We did uh, one show in Anaheim. Yeah. yeah, we we've done um, we done two shows in New Jersey at the Starland Ballroom, which was a blast. And then yeah, we had a one off in Anaheim at the House of Blues. Nice. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. And that's with uh, Saves the Day. Uh huh. Will you share a drummer with? Share a bass player. Bass player, okay. Cool. Yeah, Rodrigo Palma. Yeah. Um, 
is the bass player in her heads on fire. Yeah. Nice. Um, and so, so you just saying before you, you grew up in the Worcester mass area. Yep. Grew up in Worcester mass, um, was in Boston. So I was in Worcester, um, I guess I made the move to Boston in 97 mm-hmm. and then I was there until 2002, at which point I moved to New York city. Yeah. So those yeah. were like the time frames and like scene that I was a part of. At right. That point. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And so how, how did you get into music as a kid in, in that area? There was a place in Worcester called the, the Worcester artist group. It was also oh, known yeah. as the wag. Right. Yeah. And then, um, so my, my friends, Ed and Todd used to drag me there and, it was all new to me and super exciting. Yeah. And we would go to like the open mic nights on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then aside from local bands, like the, some of the boss tones, early shows were there. Oh, nice. Um, in the, in the late eighties. Um, and I think dinosaur junior played there in 1991, maybe. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, bullet La Volta, a lot of that kind of stuff, which yeah. really, you know, um, really cool to see coming through. And, nice. So that was sort of my introduction to independent music outside of like going to see, you know, um, Bon Jovi or <laughs> Genesis on the Invisible Touch tour and things yeah. like that. You Stuff know, at, so. the, at the BC Entrum. Yeah, or, yeah, or they, what we was was the is the Centrum, right? Yeah, the Centrum. Centrum. Yeah. They called it the BC Entrum. I didn't yeah. know that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, something when WBCN was was sponsoring shows there, they would they refer yeah. to it as that. All classic um, rock all yeah. the time. Yeah, I, I played that wag place once with uh, I had a band with uh, you know Al Quint. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, him and I had a band when I was a teenager, and we, we played there. I think with Eye for an Eye and a few other bands. Like in fantastic. The... Did Kingpin play? <laughs> pa- yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. It was that era, sort of like eighty seven, eighty eight. I think it was. Yeah, Maybe yeah. A little I, later, actually, that would have been like right about the time that I started to go to shows because. I think the first hardcore show I saw was Slapshot at the West. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, and then, so when did you start uh, playing music? Not too long after. I mean, I, I think, you know, going there and sort of seeing my friends play music and be, you know, in their little basement bands made me mm-hmm. inspired to pick up a guitar. I mean, it's always around music. I was always like doing choir mm-hmm. and um, musicals and things like that in high school. But mm-hmm you know actually trying to write rock songs and do that it started in 88 yeah i guess you know i just it didn't take too long of me seeing a couple of shows and thinking like this is this is where i belong this is where what i want to do you know yeah i feel like a lot of us when we you know we go make the switch from like big arena shows to small shows like that there's you know the age-old tale of you're like oh i can do this this is these guys yeah. are like approachable you can go up and talk to them after the show and then Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not all decked out and you know leather and spikes i mean maybe they are but um but it's you realize you can do do that and you know that was one of the best things of just hardcore music that that diy thing starting Absolutely. with just the basic thing of music and then once you really get into it then you're like well we can publish mm-hmm. zines and make our own shirts and just all that stuff opens up to you and it's 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 kind of a shame that the mainstream doesn't sort of recognize that but it's also awesome because it's kind of our thing well it's such a freeing thing right you know and and i think that that i think that through line follows like you can go back to the 70s you can go back to the 60s like it's this idea that that you can live 
somehow maybe you can live outside of the 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 life you've been spoon fed. You know, right. I mean, and, and and there's nothing wrong with like getting a job at the local bank yeah. and then like eventually being part of a corporation and having a house and kids. Like that's that's fine. That's yeah. just not for me. Right. Yeah. And and the I think there's always been this sort of there's certain folks out there that just sort of gravitate towards that. My, you know, my, my brother, um, very, very intelligent, um, wonderful guy, went to Princeton, studied chemical engineering, worked in finance, worked for Visa. That's his path. He's super happy and he finds his joy with what he's able to do. For me, that was never something that, that seems so insanely impossible to do you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like that would yeah, be like yeah. why yeah. don't you like climb mount everest and then like and then do like a hundred mile swim all right i'd be like no <laughs> yeah uh so do you remember the, the you know the first time you got on stage with 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 a band what that was i think like? the first time i got on stage aside from like maybe a talent show right um Play the, I would play acoustic. I'd play like the old Vienna coffee house in Westboro. Okay. Um, it's the first time I actually got on stage with a band wasn't until college. Mm. I'd practiced in a band. I had a high school band, but we were yeah. too, um, we weren't good enough to, to feel that we could get on stage i mean maybe we did you know like one late night get on after everybody else but right and then sometimes i would jump into like um there was a thing called the dave fox band and dave mm -hmm. fox was in a band from worcester called today's trash okay it was him and like and he had the dave fox band it was him and it was mike who played drums for foe mm -hmm. and and he would just do cover songs we'd get up and do like ministry we do oh, nice. you know yeah, what yeah. i mean and then oh, yeah, but yeah. there'd be like 13 of us on stage so it's not <laughs> awesome. it's not like i was doing anything to add to right. the music you know <laughs> um yeah but yeah so it wasn't until college i think that i really started playing shows and then even after that it wasn't until probably my second college band stricken for Catherine that i started playing in the scene rather than right. like go to the local bar who right, has like yeah. a cover band and be like can we play yeah and just confuse all your patrons on a tuesday night <laughs> there is a difference though right like this it's funny that there's like a, a club scene that exists that's you know cover bands and that kind of thing and then mm -hmm. this whole other world of shows you know um and with that for with that band stricken for Catherine, mm -hmm. did you were you writing stuff yeah at that point yeah and you you play guitar yeah i play guitar sang and wrote and that was that was very collaborative the four yeah. guys in that band and i think we were just young enough that we thought we could reinvent the wheel yeah <laughs> like, that's good though yeah. i mean that's the best that's one of the best things when you when you finally click with a group of friends yeah and you know it's a lot of times you'll go back to it and go, wow, this isn't that great. But at the time, though, it's 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 awesome. You know, it's, it was super ambitious. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's what I liked about that band. Like we we were willing to try and go places that. I don't think a lot of other of, uh, other other peers of mine may have been willing to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't yeah. we didn't get together and say, let's be a hardcore band to have fun and hang out. Right. We got together because we loved music and we wanted to take all these different things. We wanted to take Pink Floyd and, you know, Fusion, Miles Davis and Rodan and Slint and Bitch Magnet. And we wanted to put all these sounds together to make something new and unique. That was the goal. Um, 
you know, whether it did what it's supposed to do right. is uh, not up to me, but up to other people to listen to. But <laughs> right. um, but that was really fun. That was a good um, uh, breeding ground for sort of my ideas and, and, yeah. and, and how I could get my idea to fruition and try and explain my ideas to other people, yeah. which is not the easiest thing. Right. And this is the early 90s? Yeah, early 90s up until 1990, summer 98, we broke up and Garrison yeah. started. Nice. Yeah. And, and I, I think, too, that era of hardcore and just people that sort of came from that scene, a lot of bands were were stepping away from just the traditional sort of like negative approach, minor threat, like that straightforward stuff and yeah. doing interesting stuff like bands like Quicksand and, and Soul Side and Verbal Assault. Well, Verbal Assault was a little older, but... Mm. It was cool to hear bands like wanting to progress into different things. And now we have all these different styles and, you know, and, and there's a place for that straight ahead hardcore stuff, obviously. But uh, I think it was a, a lot of it was a reaction to to sort of the the tough guy element oh, yeah. of hardcore, which, yeah. you know, I, I, I like some of that stuff to listen to. But I, I kind of once that became like a big thing in the scene, I sort of gra- levitated towards the like the later discord stuff, you know. I never understood it. Like, I like you know, it's not that some of the riffs weren't cool. You know what I mean? It's like it's fun to dance to, but like the the mentality because they all seemed like jocks. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to get away from. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You know, so like I didn't. I, I never understood why people that that come off as pretty intolerant and seemingly quite close-minded chose to do something in an artistic pursuit so it always confused me yeah yeah definitely um so yeah so i never i i was always be like you know like like why don't why do you make music (laughs) (laughs) i know Um, right yeah i mean that's cool but like you know i get the i get the lifting weights thing yeah Yeah, i get i get that (laughs) like yeah but yeah whatever I remember uh, a friend of mine had a band in, uh, out of Vermont called Never Only Once. Did you ever hear mm-hmm. them? No. Uh, it was named after the uh, line from the Into Another song. Oh, cool. One of their songs. Uh, but they were kind of emo-ish type stuff, and they did a show with a, a band like that, and they opened. And <laughs> when, that, <laughs> when that band started, the singer went, no more love songs, and they kicked into, you know, whatever intro or whatever. <laughs> whatever they had so but i I always said that was funny no more love songs hell yeah man go for it yeah you know this 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 they obviously they make some people happy yeah just um so then garrison starts uh how does Mm -hmm. how does that band come together my friend ed um who i'd known since we were about 12 years old um he had we were sort of in um complimentary epic long song bands so Mm -hmm. i i had stricken for catherine he had iris yeah worcester band and he had been doing something called the space okay he he ran that and we decided we want we liked drive like jehu and rocket from the crypt and we wanted faster um you know work within a little bit more of the pop song parameter you know the verse course verse course middle eight course so um so that started like that and it was really fun you know to 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 sort of go down that road and see what we could do within that yeah and you did uh a few records three records mm-hmm. three full we lengths. did two full lengths two full um lengths. and well actually the last full length i guess the the model and the silhouette were two eps split but that should have been a full length so i guess right. three full lengths yeah an okay. ep and like three full lengths and a couple tracks here and there 
Nice. That was in that, and that's that ended in '03. Okay, and you and you got into Revelation Records. Yep. How 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 was that being on that roster? It it was a double edged sword because I think that I loved Revelation. Yeah. Because of Engine Kid and oh, Ice Burn. Great. Oh yeah. And Quicksand yeah. and Texas. The reason. So I thought. Well, people that listen to those bands will maybe dig what I'm doing, yeah. right? So, but in all honesty, at the time, you know, things go in phases. And and when we got back on Revelation, I felt like a lot of people that were interested in Revelation were really into the Youth of Today, yeah. Gorilla Biscuits, Bold, you know, I mean, which is great, but like that wasn't what I was doing. So I, we got a lot of like sort of as much as we got some people that really loved it, we got a lot of like, you know, what the fuck, this isn't a hardcore band. Right. Yeah. You know, like we got a lot of that, you know? Um, but, um, but that said, it allowed me the opportunity to, to tour all over the world and all over the States and put out records that outside of my zip code, you know? So that was awesome. That's like amazing. Yeah. And you did it right. Um, and you worked with Jay Robbins, right? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. got to do a record with Jay Robbins, which was, that was yeah <laughs> that must have been great yeah yeah i mean just the fact that we could felt like we could call him up just not alone you know so and what how was that experience wonderful the absolute opposite of, of the don't meet your heroes axiom he's 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 better than you can imagine oh yeah yeah i've, I've heard good things about him and just, just a his, lovely guy all every music project he's done has been great too it's, it's just yeah. amazing how <laughs> This guy's like that can that can just spit out all this stuff and it's always good. You know, there's never uh there's I mean, not much filler another there. level, honestly. Like Garrison, we did a tour with Burning Airlines, which was Burning Airlines last tour. Mm -hmm. So we did a maybe a week, maybe eight days with them down yeah. the east coast. And we would play and we would think we were so good tonight, guys. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. so excited. That was great. We really nailed it. And then they would go on and it would be like it would be like, oh, but that's that's how people actually do it. Like, it was just like a different, yeah, a different plane of existence. Like their 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 level of showmanship, their level of musicianship. It was just like, damn, you know, that was great. That was that was quite what a so fortunate to have experienced that. That was great. Then you have this project, uh, gay for Johnny Depp. That's that's some cool stuff. I didn't. I had never oh, heard of that one. Um, and I was listening through, and I saw that you, Alex Newport mixed mm -hmm. one of the records. Yeah, yeah, he's um, great. He was super cool. And uh, Nick Zampiello, Boston. Zampiello did the well. Ethan Dusso, uh did the recording, and Nick Nick's um, mastered everything. And then with the one, we had one record that Alex Alex had, was a common thread when I'd moved down to a common friend when I'd moved down to. Um, new york city okay and he just liked the band yeah he just he was like let me please let me he did it for free basically he's like <laughs> can i just awesome. mix your record and it's like yeah of course <laughs> um um he was just he's a fun fun guy funny guy to work with yeah um gave her johnny depp was just that was like i'd grew, grown up listening to so much angular music like ass yeah. factor four and swing mm -hmm. kids and hose got cable and Converge, obviously you can't escape Converge if you're yeah. outside of Boston, right? So, right. so that seemed really easy to me because I didn't have to write a chorus. 
mm. or anything that was memorable. Yeah. So, um, so that was fun. And the other two guys, other than the singer, were really into Unwound and all the touch and go stuff. So yeah, it's a big touch and go influence there. It's... Yeah, and it was just like it was just super fun. And nice. then, you know, and then Artie would just throw vocals on it and scream his head off. And we're like, yeah. let's go, let's go tour the Europe. Let's go to the UK again. That was nice. fun. So you, yeah. you toured that, that group? A lot, a lot, oh, but really? only, in, only in the UK. Yeah. Huh. That band was very um, successful in the UK. We got to do a bunch of festivals. We got to open for some really phenomenal bands, go out and tour with like with some great bands. And, you know, we'd do like, I don't know, we'd be able to do like, bar fly in london which i think about like 500 people if we had oh, lines, wow. you know and nice. that was that was that so that was actually the most su successful bands oh, really? <laughs> i've wow. ever i've ever done as far as like my the genesis of an idea that i had yeah oh wow. i've been in bands that were more successful but that they weren't necessarily things that were my idea right right and and when you talk about success as, as far as just crowds and that kind of thing but also just realizing a, a like an, a piece of art and having yeah, that having, happen having the way it, you can yeah because like when you're success is like the big term right so so with garrison it was successful in a lot of different ways right but it wasn't consistent so mm -hmm. what i mean by that is like like the shows and every band is like this to a degree but like we weren't we didn't have a dependable audience or a draw some places we'd do really well some places that we'd be playing to the sound man and it just felt like the momentum was always a little bit and then back like and back and back and back and back and then um gay for johnny depp just went you know what i mean like it was just a whirlwind super fun and once we hit stride we stayed there until we decided to break up you know and that's what i mean i guess everything sort of seemed like it was less in our hands we were, we were less struggling as much as it was just kind of like a, a a ride that we were on yeah yeah and does does johnny depp know that that band existed he's aware that it existed apparently about i think 15 years ago one of our publicists knew his publicist and said can we get a quote and he said he was flattered which <laughs> makes me think he's never heard it <laughs> yeah um you know that he was like probably like you know going through his mail and they were like <laughs> you know and they're like oh yeah and it's, it's like a band called gave johnny that needs a quote and he was like oh, oh oh tell him i'm flattered and then went back to looking <laughs> right. through his mail do you know what i mean right. like i don't think yeah. he ever right um yeah <laughs> went back to sorting out which uh thumb yeah, i he was gonna wear that day or whatever yeah I, exactly that was much more important than whatever song we're talking about violating right. him in <laughs> and uh the other thing was like the song the titles of the songs are, are pretty funny but the music is and usually a lot of times you'll see song titles like that and uh the music is just kind of silly but the music is well thought out and uh thank you it's, it's really cool it's definitely uh different than what i was expecting well it's, i like the idea of playing with juxtaposition and i think it's cool to I think sometimes you can you can break through presenting something in a in a way that people don't expect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if if that band had had like a heavy name, right? And like in like we were trying to be cool, I think it would have come off as a little bit contrived and annoying. Whereas because we were so like whatever the fuck, like it, I think it 
it had a little bit more charm to it. And so maybe people would come at it from a different perspective. Yeah. That's the hope anyways. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely. A... And why do you think that band was, was bigger in the UK? I think they get sarcasm really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just ingrained in their culture that the, the whole like tongue in cheek thing. And, and we were so in that, in that world too, that I think that they just, it just instantly um, resonated. Whereas I think in America, people were like, who now? <laughs> you know right. Um, yeah, right so plus like you know the uk is such a small you know the whole country is the size of new england so it's like things everything catches on there real quick and then either either goes to the next level or or is forgotten about so um yeah i guess i don't know british people liked it <laughs> awesome. maybe because he was trying to be clever i don't know oh, right right <laughs> <laughs> and uh so after that band uh is that judas knife come after that judas knife came well no no um while gay for johnny depp was going on i was in my friend Artie, the singer for gay for johnny depp was in a band um on geffen records called instruction and that was oh, like okay. a big radio rock band yeah and we would go out with like lincoln park and Corn oh, really? and oh, like wow. breaking benjamin and all that stuff um and then those kind of fizzled. And then I did a band called I Hate Her Freedom, which was myself, Tucker from Thursday, the drummer, and Scott from Texas, the reason. Um, and that was kind of like just kind of similar in a vein of Garrison, like kind of heavy rock with me singing, similar to what Her Head's on Fire is a bit. Um, so then I took a break and had kids. And after five years, I started with something called Judas Knife, which is myself and drew from into another yeah um and it has new has more members now but for the record it's just the two of us yeah so how did how did that project come about i you know we had been in a band we i forgot another band we did a band called godfire's <laughs> man um okay. with Artie as well and we'd done some touring together and we just you know we had a nice connection and he's a really positive guy yeah and he really wanted to um continue making music in sort of like like cool angular ways because i think that he's he's done so much stuff since into another that um he really likes exploring different avenues and so we wanted to do something a little bit more groovy and psychedelic and um and god he's really fun to work with you know he just takes things we can extrapolate out on them and, and really sort of take them apart and look at them from different perspectives and 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 we can make something that that is a lot sounds like maybe bigger than just two people playing which is the hope um and so that's really fun he and i are working on another record now and then her head's on fire is just a, a bunch of old pals used to tour together that decided to make a record yeah yeah the judas knife record i i absolutely love it's it's oh thank you there's like a, a mood created there that just sort of persists through the whole thing and uh oh man you know, did did a That's lot of great. thought go into like the sequencing of that that record and it was written in sequence like i'd never done this before but we would we would we knew when we wrote the first song that was the first song and then the second song like normally you just jam out ideas and then kind of patchwork together like i was like what should the second song be right and then they're like what should the third song be and 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 then you know and then like after the sixth song we're like we need something quick and short you know and so we wrote that and then yeah that was really fun the the whole idea of that is is listening to records like t-rex um where 
you can put a T-Rex record on and it doesn't matter what song and what part of what song. If it's on when you walk in the room, it's like, yeah, cool. It's like the, it's like the music you want playing when you walk into a bar. Yeah. You're like, what's <laughs> no, up? Really is. Yeah, yeah, T-Rex. Like, <laughs> and we were just trying to set a mood for the whole record to be, I'm so it's not as cool as T-Rex, but it's a little bit like, you know, it's a little bit sad and like, but kind of like, but also has a little dip in the hip too. And you're just trying to create something that's, that's groovy and a little goth and, and yeah, that's what we're going for. Sexy. A little sexy. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. A little sexy. But it definitely has like a little melancholy to it and mm-hmm. definitely something I, you know, listen to a lot late at night or you know driving at night oh, that's wonderful that man that's thing. that's what it's for it's a winter record it's actually not yeah, like a, yeah it's a hard yeah. record to listen to in the summer when it's sunny outside <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 exactly and so this the process with that was did you guys write together in like in a room or yep we just yeah. it was he and i and yeah. we would write these long skeletons that when it's just the guitar and drums I mean, he didn't even know what the vocals were for most of the record until we made it, right? So he just had a lot of trust and was like, okay, this part goes 18 times. And then three times it does this. And then it goes here. And we're like, oh, he was like, okay, just listening to the to the guitar. And so he, because of his musicality, built in a lot of the dynamics and flow and, and the shifts about how like it kind of comes up here a little bit and then backs down. And so that... So those were my cues when I was doing the bass and the other guitars and all the vocals was I was trying to read off what he'd done as far as like with the drums. So um, we wrote that and then went and recorded it with Kurt Ballou in Salem, right? And then, and Kurt's an old pal from forever ago. So he's really easy to work with too. And yeah. That was fun. That was really fun record. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sound like fun, but it was fun. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. He's there's so many good records have come out of the God City. Yeah. He just, he's got, he's got a good, he has a really um, <clears throat> solid, innate ability to, to pull nice things out of people, you know, to make them be like, is that the decision you want to do? How about this? Yeah. He plays on that too, right? Did he play some guitar on that? Yeah. Yeah. He played guitar on the last track. Okay. I, I, I basically, you know, coerced him. Yeah, I was like, dude, I know everybody asks you to play on a record. I'm like, exactly. but I don't want you to play like Converge. I want you to, I want you to pretend you're Dave Navarro. Yeah, yeah. And he, and so we listened to Jane's Addiction for like 20 minutes, and then like he, he's like, how about this? I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. That's not the song. Her feathers, is it? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her feathers, yeah. the last song. Yeah, yeah. Because it was that song. The the guitar solo in that is. I mean, I, there's a few solos on the record that are really right. the melodies, but that one I was listening to it again tonight on the way home from work, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, just the solo just feel. It's just it's awesome. And it does. Yeah. It gives me like a Jane's Addiction, uh, Smashing Pumpkins type. Uh, Fantastic vibe to it. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's a great song. Mission accomplished. I'll t- next time I talk to Kurt, I'll be like, "Dude, you did it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you you did some live shows with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, who we, did you have with that? We so we got a guy named Justin Williams, who plays keyboards. Okay. And a guy named Chris Enriquez, who's a drummer, who to play bass. Now, okay. Chris was in On the Might of Princes, if you remember mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And they were both in Gracer. Okay. His most recent thing would be Spotlights. He plays drums in Spotlights, if you've heard them. Uh, and then um, Justin is just does all, he has, has Bear Child and a bunch of like really cool different projects, especially even some sort of like pseudo-classical stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and it's great to get them in because they're such better players than I am. Yeah. So it's so <laughs> nice to have them like it's so nice to be backed up by people that are far superior in their technical ability than I am. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, he's doing what I play it on the record, but he's doing it so much better. You know. <laughs> um did you guys do covers or anything with that live with the live band? God, no. No, no, just stuff stuff from the record. Yeah. I mean, well, we yeah. do a cover, we do a Jim Croce cover on the record, right? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we haven't no, we haven't done any covers no, yet. No. Um and then uh Translation Loss put that record out. Yep. That's a good I had uh Christian on the podcast at one point. Oh, right on, man. That's yeah. awesome. He's yeah, great. Some, yeah, he's a good dude. He, you know, I had been out of the scene for a while, so I didn't know what to do. And I gave it, um, and I was shopping that record around to people and people were like, yeah, it's cool, but I don't know. Yeah. And, um, I reached out to Randy from cable Yeah. and he, he, he's awesome. And he sent it to, he sent it to Christian oh, and, okay. said, nice. and said, I think these guys will do it. And Christian just called me up. Like he didn't know me from Adam and he said like, I like this record. Let's put it out. Yeah, you know, and like we hadn't played a single show, obviously, because of the pandemic. So, yeah, that was awesome that he did that. Yeah, yeah, it fits in on that like because that label has a lot of just cool progressive, you know, not prog rock, but like stuff that's just, yeah, progressive in the yeah, dark, in the literal term. Brooding, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then he's got like some hip hop stuff on there and mm -hmm. straight sort of metal stuff. So it's a, it's a cool label. And then so with a completely different vibe is Her Head's on Fire. Mm -hmm. um so how did that band come about that's the the completely different vibe is i don't write any of the music oh right really? um, okay you know i write my melodies yeah. and i write my lyrics but um jeff dean who was in a band called i don't know the bomb he's been in so many bands i couldn't list them all um but he and he and i used to was our bands used to tour together and we just always remained pals and he would send me stuff and ask me you know, hey, can you come up with a vocal idea for this? I'm a little bit stuck. I'm trying to do something here because he's really proficient. He he just is constantly writing. And um, after a couple of those, I was like, man, why don't we just do something? And he was like, okay, that sounds great. And then, you know, it just sort of fell into place. Everybody that that's in it was like, oh yeah, I'll play with you guys. You know, so Rodrigo um, is in Chicago, and Jeff Genstrobloom is an old friend, and he's in New York, and we we've officially had more practices more shows now than we've had practices <laughs> oh really we, yeah we had three practices we made a record and then i think we've had two practices and we've had seven shows so <laughs> so it's been crazy. just like yeah it's it's fun i mean yeah. I'm, the thing is those guys have you know we've all been in touring bands for decades and we've all made so many records and done done that thing so so many times that it's really um it's just so it's, it's it's refreshingly effortless it's just because it's it really is the 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 like getting together in, like when you're 15 with your pals and having fun the only difference is is that we have enough experience to to maybe craft some songs pretty quickly yeah 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 you definitely it's become second nature once you've sort of done yeah. this like a, a, a big chunk of your life at this point you know some people don't have time to waste <laughs> so you want to yeah. make sure all the free time you get especially you know you have kids mm -hmm. um and the jobs you know you're not going to practice four times a week like you yeah. used to you know yeah i've done all my wood shedding in the past yeah yeah well that's the, that's the hope too is like if you're going to be doing you know 
you only have so much time and energy and and time again on the planet, right? So if you're going to do something that's going to take you away from your family um, for any extended period of time, and you're going to do something and put energy and money into this, because obviously nobody's getting rich with this stuff. Right. Like, it better be fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, because if it isn't, what are you doing? Right. You know? And I think that's the, when we were talking about success before, that is success, like being able to do this with like guys you get along with and writing yep. stuff that you'd want to listen to and just getting out there and doing it when you can. And yeah. It's the same definition of success I had when I was 15, you know, which is just like we get to get together, write songs and play a show. It's just the difference is the show's a little bit bigger than the wag. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, but that's about of- it. Yeah, it's been like a running theme on here with a lot of people I talk to. They just say, you know, when you the success in like the hardcore world or underground world is just forming a band <laughs> or starting oh, yeah. a zine or starting a label. And it's a hobby, right? Yeah. Like it's it's like I mean, it's artwork, but it's it's a hobby. Like it's not, you know, it's not my living, and and it never really was. It was for like a year and a half. Like, but I never, you know, it's not like I went to Berkeley and thought like. Oh, I'm going to be a session guy or anything like that. You know, it was just like, no, I like doing this. I feel better. I feel like I have more of a place on the planet when I do this. Therefore, I should try and do it as much as I can. And that band. So the did you name this band? I didn't name this one. No. I named oh, all okay. the others. <laughs> yeah, I think. No, maybe not Garrison. But um, yeah. but uh, no, Jeff Dean came up with that. It's a it's a Dag Nasty reference. Um, and I just thought. I was like, wow, damn, man, that's good. Yeah, keep that. I don't, you know, that sounds great. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, uh, great, great band name. So, speaking of Dag Nasty, uh, you know, that that's from the Wig Out record. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who, who's your favorite singer for Dag Nasty? I don't, I haven't listened to Dag Nasty. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't even uh, know. I, that's such an, uh, it's a shameful thing to say because, like, <laughs> like Jeff Dean is so, such a fan. And I think I've probably heard a little bit of it that, and I liked it, but I couldn't tell you, um, who sang on well i know that i read the wikipedia yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i know that there are different people <laughs> but um i can't tell you i can't give yeah. you an opinion that's oh, okay. so shameful that's cool. to say <laughs> i'm so not cool <laughs> um yeah people yeah people are very adamant about no this one's the best i i'm, I'm usually i'm a pete courtner fan mm-hmm. who sings that 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 song the song oh great Dag nasty so good yeah. you're on our side then <laughs> that's the guy I yeah. like. <laughs> whichever there one you, you said <laughs> um and so this other you go sometimes under a pseudonym sid jagger yeah uh, and i've seen it spelled with a y and an it's I. spelled with a y with judas knife Any, anytime i get more artsy more art school anything i do that's going to sound more art school is going to have the y, the y that's yeah. more of an homage to to sid, sid barrett yeah right yeah yeah. Uh, anything I do that's more punk is going to have the, the I because the Sid, Sid Vicious. But um, it's just easier that way. It's, I mean, here's something you don't have to deal with. You don't have to have your coworkers Google you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Then you don't. Then yeah. you have to explain. Yeah, I'm in a band. <sighs> right. Yeah, you wouldn't like it. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. So that makes that process easier. That's the main thing, you know. And it's just fun. It's just fun to have a stage name like Elvis Costello. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How the when did you when did you come up with that? Uh and when Ed and I were in Garrison, we were just coming up with like different names and like I was Sid Jagger and yeah. 
he was Rory Stark, which was a, a play on um, from the old Beatles, like Rory Stark and the Hurricanes. And uh, and then our friend from 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 London was Lothario Jackson. It was this Larry Hibbett from Hundred Reasons who right. decided that he should be Lothario Jackson? Nice. I don't know, man. When you're in your twenties and you're bored, it's amazing what brilliance comes yeah. out. <laughs> and so you guys did a split with uh, Jay Robbins too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the the full length. Yeah, the split was just because Jeff. I mean, I, you know, I'm pals with Jay, but but Jeff's in touch with him more because they work. They do a lot of work um, back and forth at their studios together. Um, and we knew we wanted to do a split seven inch. Um, and we're actually doing two split because we have another one coming out like in a week or two with um, Pilot to Gunner, um, who are old friends too. And you know, he just said, "Hey, man, you want to do split?" And Jay was like, "Yep." And it was that easy, you know. And then we did the full line. Well, we recorded everything at once, and then we just decided which song should be on what. Right. How's the reception been for the band so far? Above and beyond anything yeah. I could have possibly imagined. That's awesome. You yeah. know, but but that said, the more we play, um, I it's hard for me to express how much fun it is. Yeah to play music with those guys. Mm -hmm. And I think fun is contagious. So if, if, if somebody sees it and they have a 10th of the amount of fun that I have playing it, then I can see why they dig it, you know, cause I'm having such a good time. Yeah. That's the, that music is very, uh, it's upbeat and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I love the record. It's great. And the reception of the record has been good too. People have been really, I mean, like, you know, just incredibly, positive you know and just we've gotten just so many people you know total strangers coming out of the woodwork and being like hey this means a lot to me or i can't stop listening to this record or this is my favorite record of the summer you know and and that's an honor you know because because i know there's i've listened to hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of records and there's records that i, I visit once or twice and i'm like that's right. cool yeah yeah but then there's those records that like oh man like when i think of that that's a time period in my life or like and if somebody if we're that for a couple of people man that's that's what awesome. an honor what an yeah. honor yeah yeah it's definitely a record you you sort of want to keep playing it's definitely got that vibe to it and a, and a summer vibe so right on yeah and then you guys are playing uh up here in this neck of the woods in october is that yeah yeah right? yeah. You're, yeah are you in boston still yeah 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 i mean yeah well i'm in uh rentham which is south like okay. I'm, I'm right on the border of uh Rhode Island, so I saw you guys are playing Providence, so I'm definitely yep. gonna uh, come down and right on, man. You guys, yeah, that'll be cool. That's gonna be, yeah, we're doing a we we got on a show at Fest, and so we built this tour around Fest, and we decided yeah. to do it with a couple other iodine bands, and so it's jo Jonah, one line drawing, so it's Jonah mm -hmm. from Far, and then um, Joe from Smoke or Fire, who they were kind of a Boston band for a long time mm -hmm. as well before they moved to Richmond, and yeah. And we just booked this, you know, sort of small little club tour down. We're going to do O'Brien's in yeah. Boston and AST20 in Rhode Island. You know, all the cool places, nice. all the fun haunts. <laughs> awesome. It's going to be weird because we're the only, like, the other two guys are kind of acoustic. I mean, like, like Jonah plays with uh, R2-D2, like his little, like, kind of drum machine oh, program yeah, yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't seen Joe live, but I know it's a solo act, right? So... 
So we're the only rock band. That, well, there's going to be an opening band for every show that we're going <laughs> to very, very humbly borrow their gear. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that'll be kind of neat, actually, um, because I think we all appreciate songcraft. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And do you find it it's easier nowadays to sort of promote live shows and music now that there's all this social media? Um, it's easier in, in, in the way that you can have access to a lot more people, but it's harder in the way that there's so much competition. So, you know, people are just bombarded with bands and music and shows that might you know because of some algorithm they it's gonna they're gonna see it right you know so um so yeah that's the hard thing is and it's like a short attention span culture so it's hard to stay you know when we were kids like if you heard fugazi they were your favorite band for the next 10 years not yeah, just like buy, two yeah, months every time a right new one came out yeah, yeah so it. so that's like those days are gone so yeah it's just trying to stay um in people's heads so, yeah you know i know as a musician, that that's going to be tough to to do that, and then just as like a fan of like you know me who's like you know on Facebook will be like, hey, you guys should check out this band and put a video up and you know hope that people dig it or you know and then you get kind of yeah. bummed out when nobody does. You like yeah, you, of you're like hey, you would really like this, but you know they're also dealing with their day and they're not going to see it. You know they might miss that you posted that one. Well, you thing know what it is, and that's the that's the thing, right? Like, like, so it's one thing to post something, right? And I've definitely found some things because pals yeah. of mine have posted stuff, but right. it's another thing when you're, when you're 16 or 17 and you're all in a car yeah, and you're driving somewhere and you go, Hey man, check this out. And you yeah, put a record a on yeah. and everyone, everyone is basically the windows open summertime yeah. and they're just like experiencing life together together. yeah. And you're listening together rather yeah. than being like, Oh, I'm just getting home from work today. Nah. I guess I'll check out that link he sent, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and play um, while you're cooking dinner or whatever. Yeah, and so that's like, so it's a different experience of, and and I think a lot of art has, it, it's so it's so intertwined and married to the experience that you have when you hear it, because I'm sure the same as with you, that there's certain records that you can remember the moment you heard them, where oh, you yeah. were, yeah, what yeah. you were doing. And it's not that, rec like, hundred records just as good have right. come out since then but the fact that that one resonated with you right time right place yeah you know yeah. and i think that that's so important like if you can if you get the chance to be played on somebody's car while they're driving with friends man that's the best it's it's cool too to see now uh, younger kids are now buying vinyl again too or buying it's vinyl. dope yeah because uh, that was how you know that's like you were just saying like our friends would, you know, you'd be like, hey, so-and-so got the new Fugazi, and then you'd all go over their house and listen to the Fugazi. Some of them maybe. I it hope, and, man, I hope people know? are doing that, like like active listening. Like, because yeah. for a while, the only time people listen to music is when they were playing, like, the snowboarding video game yeah, yeah. on their Xbox, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and if I'm doing anything other than actively listening to music, I'm, I, it's just washing over me, and I'm not paying attention to Oh, this like I can't even I can't write emails and listen to music. I I have to just let it permeate, you know. Yeah, I have to like when I'm at work, I always have Spotify on or something like that, just playing mm -hmm. playlists. But a lot of times, if a new record comes out, I can't 
I'm not going to listen to it there because I'm right. answering the phone and yeah, writing, you know, but yeah. And if I'm writing, I have to, I'll listen to jazz or something instrumental because. Right. Something that's just kind of floating. Head. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've recently, well, not recently, the last few years started buying records again and mm-hmm. started experiencing that, like shutting everything off, putting the phone in the other room and holding a record and listening to it. And there's nothing better than that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's such a cool thing. I have a thing now where like with my pals, I won't, even when the record goes up on Spotify, maybe I'll listen to the single when it comes yeah. out. But if I pre-order it, I don't listen until that vinyl comes. Yeah, yeah, I, do I, too, I yeah. like consciously won't. Yeah, and then, I, then yeah. I sit down and then I'm like, because that's how I want to experience it. You know? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking out the time to talk, man. This has Absolutely, been a lot of fun. Well, thank you, thank you for doing this and getting in touch and reaching out. And, yeah, and hopefully, I'll I'll keep putting out more music that you don't hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm sure you won't. So it's all, all right. been good so far. So awesome, man. Thank awesome. you so much, Christian. All right. Take care, man. Bye bye.